0: webmasterradio.fm
1: I am jealous. I'm officially jealous. Brandy has a fabulous theme song. I love it. There are no good songs about Susan that I'm aware of. Susan, looks
0: like I'm losing I'm losing my mind
1: I have one of those weather widgets. It's had little raindrops on it for I don't even know how many days, right? I've gone to Fiji. I've gone to Washington, D.C. to see the cherry blossoms. I've gone to Fort Lauderdale. And every time I come back, my little widget has raindrops on it. <laughs> I'm yep. Break it down. Break it down. It reminds me of Shrek. I love Shrek. I know you watch Shrek because you got some girls, right? They love that. What are you gonna do when your girls are starting to do the stupid shit that you did when you were a kid? Oh, I have so many things to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> the song. I'm so excited. That's true love, isn't it? Ad Tech Connect, Thursday, following the Daily Search Cast, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through
2: performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology.
1: Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Good morning. This is Susan Bratton. And boy, I'm touched and a little bit afraid. So if you heard that intro, uh, you you knew that last week's show, I was whining and complaining on the air because Brandy had a song and Katie had a song. These are other hosts, show hosts that uh, you can find on Webmaster Radio. And so, of course, my friends, my darling friends at webmasterradio.fm created a song for me and played it today. Um... I've never actually heard that song before, so here we go, Beggars Can't Be Choosers, right? I whined, I got my song, not one I've heard before, but I appreciate it nonetheless. We've got to find something that's, I'm thinking more like trip-hop or maybe something from Punjabi 5.0, but thank you for giving me a little song. Um and I'm, I'm really afraid now because you also collected a lot of the things that I've said, taken them out of context, strung them together, and I'm going to have to be more careful, but I don't think I can. So we're going to get on with the show, see what we can dig up and dig out and talk about today. We have two guests today. We have RJ Hil- Hilgers. He's the Director of Digital Marketing Services for Avenue A Razorfish. And RJ is a first-time speaker at the upcoming AdTech San Francisco show, which happens next week. And following RJ, we're going to talk to David L. Smith. He's the CEO of MediaSmith. And David may be the speaker who has spoken more times at AdTech in the last 11 years than any other presenter. And we're going to spend some extra time with him today because the man has a lot to say, and every time I I can have a casual conversation with Dave Smith in an elevator and learn something. I truly think he is not just a mentor to the industry, but but one of the smartest people in the whole business. So we're going to get to some great information to both of them. Let's get RJ on the phone. Are you here? I am. Good morning, how are you?
0: I'm good, how are you?
1: Fantastic, it's so nice to have you on. Now, you and I haven't met. I, I, uh, I'm I, looking forward to seeing you next week for the first time.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, actually listened to your radio show last week, and I was quite surprised to hear the song as well on in the intro.
1: <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> do nice you think job. I should be complaining that they could do better, or <laughs> you think I should just be happy that they love me enough to dig up a song? Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, RJ, so you're, you're with Avenue A Razorfish, which is a fabulous company owned by a, quantive, um, a kind of a, com- a combined organization. I, I always hate it when companies merge and then no one can win because you have these combined names. I'm, I'm waiting someday for, I remember seeing AARF, ARF. I thought that was kind of cute, <laughs> but I, clearly that didn't stick. What's going on with the name? Let's talk about that.
0: Well, I think the name, uh, there's, they both, both Avenue A and Razorfish came to the table with such strong brands um, that for us to change the name to one or the other, we didn't want to really confuse the situation. <clears throat> and I think the marriage of the two organizations works because we do distinctly different things in some respects. So okay. if you think about, you know, Avenue A has basically been everything primarily external to the site, and Razorfish has been everything internal to the site. In yep. terms of developing sites, data behind it, that type of stuff. Um, as those two organizations come together, um, the brands are very strong. The offerings are very different, um, and it seems reasonable to bring those together. You know, at least in the short term. Um, but then, as we continue to develop, the integration is happening very, very quickly across both organizations right now. So it's kind of it's fun to watch. It's fun to be a part of.
1: And so someday, we're hoping that you'll have an actual, an actual integrated single company name, right?
0: Uh, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what about RJ? What's that stand for?
0: Robert Joseph.
1: Robert Joseph. Very serious. No one calls you that, hiding, Not hiding any,
0: any strange name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're the director of digital marketing services. That's not. That's actually not a title that I typically hear in the agency world. So it, it must mean something unique. You're, you're not the account guy and you're not the media guy. What are you?
0: Um, I'm actually serving as both right now. So, if ah. you think about, I mean, in the, you're like an in, Avenue
1: A Razorfish. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the
0: the best way to think about it, and, and and you know, we we tend to talk about it more as an integrated offering internally. But if you think about it in terms of the the name of the company, um, I have I have been with the organization for just under seven years, uh, most of it in Seattle, um, and in the last year have moved down to California to bring the quote unquote Avenue A side of the Avenue A Razorfish business to California. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that in a couple of our markets. We've we've uh, Integrated offices in Seattle and Chicago, and working on doing it in New York as well. And have just over the last year um, brought a big crew down from Seattle, um, and then hired very quickly in the San Francisco area uh, to you know to bring every all things external to the site to the California area.
1: So, what what exactly do you do in all of that?
0: So I'm, I head up the media and analytics group, meaning okay. um, media for what we're talking about in California, meaning account management, media services, and then also the analytics arm of what we do.
1: Which is, I would say, one of the claims to fame of Avenue A, right? The, the, the yeah, I mean, we feel good about at it. With... Hmm?
0: <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it's definitely, you know, as we go out and talk to clients that we have or prospective clients, I think it's one of those things that um, really kind of shines through and that they look out and say, oh, okay, this is a, this is a different, little bit of a different story than what we're hearing from, from other folks.
1: And where were you before you came to Avenue A Razorfish?
0: Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, I actually came from the music world.
1: Really? Um, all right, good, because yeah, I'm so going to ask uh, you what kind of music, music. you like then.
0: I kind of like all kinds of music.
1: What, what are you listening to right now? What's on your iPod that you're playing over and over again? Oh,
0: God, what's not on my iPod? Um, that's always hard. Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't even know if I could tell you at this at this moment. I've been listening to a lot of Johnny Cash lately.
1: Did you wa- Did you just watch Walk the Line?
0: I did just watch Walk the
1: Line. <laughs> I did, too. We rented it from Netflix, my husband and I, and the next morning we got up and we played all of the Johnny Cash that was in Rhapsody. And it was good, but one day of Johnny Cash was enough for me. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a little no, I'm, I'm plain-sounding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Johnny Cash, um, anything but,
0: else? So, you know, kind of entered into it at the, uh, the boom of the dot-com where you were hired if you were smart, alert, and worked really hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that was about seven years ago. But before that, I was, you know, I was doing musician, managing, um, producing some folks. So um, kind of varied background.
1: Nice. So that was a big segue for you, and you started out as a musician, and now you're kind of involved in in analytics, which I think makes a lot of sense, because people who do music tend to be good at math and analytics, too. I found that a lot. Like, engineers tend to like that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Music
0: is very mathematical at its base.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And now, how many people are in the media and analytics practice at Avenue A Razorfish?
0: Oh, um...
1: That's
0: a really good question. Um... I would. I mean, you know, Avenue A represents uh, probably about sixty percent of the organization, Um, and it's you know that's all media analytics and account management. So Mm -hmm. that's probably where where I would land at this point. And I mean, you know, when we went through the acquisition of Razorfish, we were about equal sized companies, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's about where we stand right now. I mean, there's definitely a lot of activity on both sides and a lot of. A lot of organic growth with our clients currently, but also a lot of just kind of new growth on both sides of the house. I think think the two organizations are coming together very nicely.
1: Specifically, how many people would be in the practice in general, just across the whole company? How many people do you have doing media and analytics?
0: Um, So, okay, so I give you percentages. Um, I would say probably, at this point, about 500 plus.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of peeps. Good for you. Okay. And tell me about your top clients now. Who are the big mucky muck clients at Avenue 8 Razorfish these days?
0: Um I'd I'd love to share all those clients with you. <laughs> um, Great. go ahead. You know, we generally don't share uh too many client names with folks
1: mm-hmm.
0: um just cuz we're really respectful of what our clients are doing.
1: Uh-huh. Well, give me a couple. <laughs>
0: You're going to push me on this one, huh?
1: Of course. It's okay. not it's boring um, if you don't say anything, RJ. You got to cough up a couple things. Nobody wants to listen to we have some clients, right?
0: <laughs> well, We've <definitely laughs> to work have some clients. with me. You know, we work. You know, I I can I can say we work with uh, a couple different folks. I mean, we work with we've been working with uh, Expedia for a while. We work with Visa, Um, but other than that, I think you know I'll, I'll keep the answer at that.
1: Okay. All right, you've got to work on giving me something more. Some of <laughs> thing Let's see. Um, a couple things I wanted to ask you. One, yes. you're, uh, this is your first time speaking at AdTech. You're speaking on Wednesday morning, which is the kickoff of the show, right after the keynote. So you're in one of the top slots. Are you nervous? Uh, no, actually. Sounds like a good nervous? panel. That's <laughs> good. i
0: um, <laughs> Brian from uh, UMI, so I'm excited.
1: Yes, exactly. You've got Brian Monahan, VP Group Communications Director of yep. Universal McCann. You've got John Kate, VP and National Media Director of CaraFusion. So you're joined by two really sharp people. And then, of course, the lovely and amazing John Durham, who's yep. with CaraFusion as well, um, and also the founder and chairman of San Francisco Bay Area Interactive Group is uh, mm-hmm. your moderator. He's a cool guy, one of our best speakers. He's he's definitely yeah. the Oprah Phil Donahue style moderator. <laughs> so he'll be standing in the audience with his microphone asking you questions. It's
0: yeah, always a good show. About him.
1: <laughs> and your, your session is Media Buying and Planning Innovation. And really the reason that you were selected to do this session is that Um, we had asked for submissions around media innovation. So can you share with the listening audience some of the things that you're going to be talking about? The idea for this panel was um, pain points create innovation. What innovation has come from pain points in your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to actually enumerate all of them, but I'll, I'll give you kind of a synopsis of a lot what we're talking you have about. Have a lot of
1: pain in your business?
0: Yeah, <laughs> of <laughs> course, everybody <laughs> has pain. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's a lot of uh, if you look at our 2006 media outlook report that we just published.
1: Oh, it really now, where do we rub- find that? Hang on, we d- we have to do URLs when we talk about this kind of stuff.
0: Okay, it's um, let me. Uh, I don't know the URL yeah. off the top of my head.
1: All right, take a minute to get it. And this is a new piece of data that you've just put out. Yep. Okay. And what's it called again?
0: It is the um, 2006 Digital Media Outlook. Okay. And I am looking at it right now. Good. Uh, on paper. Okay. I don't really have the I don't have the URL readily available.
1: You describe it, and I'll Google it and see if I can find it while you're talking.
0: Okay, I know it's on our site, which right, is AvenueA.Dazzlerfish.com. Okay. Avenue okay. Um, so I think it should. That's be a good
1: start. People will find it from there. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. here we go. Um, it's it? actually, well, it's a register. There's a place where you can register for it,
1: Yeah. and
0: it'll be sent to you. Okay. But if if you look at that report, it's basically broken out into um, two different sections. I mean, there's a whole bunch of innovative stuff going on in media right now. I mean, there's kind of the, the base that everybody's doing, but then there's also a lot around video. There's a lot around um, just kind of overall new things coming out, you know, kind of the advanced emerging media.
1: Like um, what? So what we is talk the, a lot about advanced, that the sort of blog, RSS,
0: media? that type of thing.
1: Mm, Okay.
0: Um, But then going into the second half, it really starts to get a little bit more into – so if you think about the media space as, you know, media planner or media buyer would, there's kind of the media. Uh, But then if you think about it as we're able to think about it in the digital space, um, there's a lot of analytics in the background. Um, So what I'll be focusing on is as we get deeper and deeper into programs and as people spend more and more money online – We've got kind of one, um, we're, we're all kind of married to one kind of central attribution methodology, meaning kind of the last click or the yeah. last view on the ad. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we're finding is as, as, as programs get bigger and bigger, they start to have an impact on the programs around them. So how do, you know, as you look at those attribution models, how do you think about um, are they cannibalizing from other programs, are they not? you know all that kind of stuff. And what we've done, what we've done really well in the last 3 or 4 years is take each of the silos, meaning web media, search, strategic partnerships, SEO, all those things, we've all done a great job of optimizing them very effectively. But the area where now we need to enter into is how those channels impact each other. So, how does search running a search program impact a web media program and vice versa? What is the so- right combination of search, web media, email, um, so just trying to get those kind of cross, cross-silo cross integration points and understanding those better so they can better inform when you're talking to a CMO who says, hey, I have this big bag of money, and I have all these channels, including offline, to put them towards. Someone help me define that a little
1: bit better. How do you collect the data in a cross-media study? What are some of the things that you can do to um, connect that particular media type with the success of a campaign or the, or the contributed Success of the campaign. How does that work? Post, well, post play, and then you ask people, and they report the information.
0: Yeah, it's a combination of all that stuff. I mean, certainly when we're looking at um, cross-channel stuff, we're really digging very deeply into data that that we leverage off our Atlas cookies. I mean, you know, everybody knows that we Atlas is part of the Aquanta family that Avenue of Razorfish is as well. Um, we leverage that to a tool a very heavily, both in terms of just kind of giving basic data to our clients and optimizing programs effectively, but then also looking at the amount of cookie data we have, we're able to, for our clients, determine, you know, look at all their that are running through us, look at the cookie-level data, and start to understand, as cookies interact with different types of media, does one influence the other? I mean, for example, if you're going to run a big kind of display advertisement program, um, do those register something in the consumer's mind that pushes them towards a search program? And and the case study that I'll be presenting is that absolutely it does. Um, We've done a couple different studies, um, kind of a test control methodology, around folks who have seen web media, those who have not seen web media, follow them all the way through to search results, and invariably, in every case, we've found lift for the folks that had seen display advertising in conjunction with search over those who had not.
1: Uh, did you get um, Ad Age magazine this week and read it yet?
0: I have not read it yet. I do get okay. it, but I haven't read it yet.
1: There's an insert in Most Age. of my
0: week's reading, but... <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I never get to it when it arrives, but um, I happen to get to it fairly early, and there's a, a, an insert, like a loose little book. In this week's Ad Age magazine, that has um, an, a, an overview of the interactive marketing space, and it's interesting that search marketing is is uh, such a higher percentage than any other thing now, in, including display. Display used to be larger, and now search has overtaken that by you know a three or four x. And uh, I wonder if this research that you're doing to show the efficacy of having. Let's just call it banner advertising, or I liked what you did. The display advertising—that's the right thing to call it. That—that um, that it's almost. Uh a need that agencies have to show the value of display advertising because in some cases, left to their own devices, most customers would go for the direct response and quantification of search marketing and kind of leave the display advertising you know, in the dust. And frankly, y- y- you need to make your money in doing creative and you need, to ha- you need to have a balanced program. So what do you have to say about that?
0: Well, it's funny because I think when we started first talking about this a couple of years ago and doing this cross-channel type um Thinking, we were getting a lot of feedback from clients of like, hey, you're just trying to get more money out of the display advertising piece. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, certainly that's not at all our intent. Right. Um, but what we are trying to do is, and our report, the 2006 Outlook report, actually says that we're managing about, out of, out of everything we manage, about 31% is search, and then the rest is some type of display advertising, whether that be in verticals or portals or networks. Um, what, what's coming down the road is, you know, search has been very hyped over the last couple of years, um, which is is quite funny because I think everybody in the industry, especially on the agency side, has been doing some type of search for the last... Ten years, yeah. Um, so, search got a huge push over the last couple of years. It is a very, it's incredibly valuable tool for folks. I mean, you know, it, it can drive a huge percentage of of people's just bottom line business. So, it's really important. Um, but as you think about where the web is heading and online advertising is heading, it's heading. You know, broadband is increasing. We're starting to see things like Live Eight and CBS Sports doing March Madness. I think that as we get into kind of richer and richer applications. That you know quote it kind of becomes a quote unquote display advertising for me at that point because there's a lot of branding dollars coming online and not people aren't looking to search to really accommodate those branding dollars. Mm-hmm. So how do we all position ourselves well to say, you know, search is powerful, but how do you really get down to, like, what's, what's truly driving the overall picture? And if, and if part of that that's driving the overall picture, picture is the display advertising, then we need to be smarter about what that means and, like, the, the real significant impact, particularly if clients are trying to sell things through internally and trying to do the right things for their programs.
1: So what do you think of major portal buys where advertisers do a very untargeted approach but, you know, own and do the ro- a roadblock on the home page of Yahoo? What do you think about that?
0: Well, I mean, there's always a place for it. Uh, we, what you know, is we that tend- place? I, well, I think there's certainly places for, like, a particular product launch. If um, particularly at least a medium-sized advertiser has something really profound to say about their product or they're just launching an entirely new thing in their industry, I think it has some value. Um, you know, they're they're expensive for advertisers. And so our approach more on the portal deals is um, we'll put together deals that are as small or as big as, it makes sense for our clients so um, sometimes we have those in there Um, they can be product launches they can be holiday pushes I think certainly they make sense in that case Um, or if you're trying to drive some type of message but overall I mean if you looked at a plan kind of on an annual basis the smart thing to do would be you'd have those pushes here and there but in the meantime you're looking at how well the the program is integrated how well it's driving your metrics um, how well your message is being delivered to people that type of stuff so I, I think they both have their value, I just think it needs to you always need to be thinking about both in conjunction and how the program is integrated as well as it can be.
1: What do you think the prices are typically for those kind of home page takeovers?
0: Oh god it it it's all over the map
1: um, what are the, it, what's the range
0: Well, I mean, you can look at a you know a one day takeover could cost you somewhere in the area of like half a million dollars depending on how you do it okay. Um, there's also some bigger programs that you know are multi-million dollar deals over a couple days. Um, you know, those those are still being done. I would I would I would I tend to think at this point, if if those takeovers are happening on a consistent basis, they're more kind of on a a one day basis and very close to either a seasonal push or a product
1: launch. Okay, and we have about 30 seconds left. Yeah. So the last question that, that I'd like to leave you with is, what is the most exciting thing you see happening in our industry?
0: You know, <laughs> it's it's a really interesting question. I I see so many exciting things, um, so I'll, I'll I'll try to narrow it down. I think this that one that
1: you like right now, something that's intriguing you at this very moment.
0: I mean, I'll tell you, I I really I am taking a huge shine to the the stuff that we were talking about earlier that I'll be talking about at AdTech around how do you look at channels. Um, and how they impact each other, because I just think it has a huge impact on how advertisers think about their marketing budgets and the different buckets that they can, they can put their money in. And for us as an industry to continue growing, it, it's these types of things that we need to continue to innovate to think about how do you think about just your media as a media planning and buying exercise, but then also behind the scenes, how do you get to a metric or a way of thinking that's a little bit more, you know, the best way I can think of to say it is media agnostic, and you're able to drive a ton of results by leveraging data through different media vehicles. So, I mean, okay. I think the, the analytics piece is a huge piece right now. If I said, if, if you ask me what's, what's kind of the huge piece coming, I definitely think it's the TV piece mm-hmm. um, and when that becomes a two-way digital exercise.
1: Well, and Atlas has started um, a separate group, right? What is it called? I forget. Uh,
0: Atlas On Demand.
1: Atlas on Demand, that's right. Yeah. So you you have uh, a team working on that right now, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Actually, well, there was great. a uh, two-page article in Business Week on it. Ooh. Um, Scott, who runs that program for us, I opened it, and there he was with sitting in our uh, <laughs> network center. It was very strange.
1: That's great. Well, good. I'm glad you're getting that great coverage. Well, I I appreciate it. uh, You've had fantastic responses to my questions, and thank you. Just for the listening audience, no one gets prepped before the show, so um, it takes a brave soul to come in here and get asked (laughs) anything from stuff about Johnny Cash to stuff about cross-media synergy. So (laughs) you did a great job, RJ, and I know people will enjoy coming to see you at 10.30, Wednesday, April 26th at AdTech San Francisco. All right, thanks so much. Thanks, RJ. We'll be back after this commercial break.
2: Thank you. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back.
1: It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com. Free for 30 days. Accept no limitations.
2: baby textlinkads.com
1: raising your ad inventory profits to the next level today is as simple as xy7.com the only affiliate network giving you top payouts daily plus you'll enjoy over 100 fresh high converting offers your own xy7.com debit card good anywhere and true 24 7 dedicated support our affiliate managers even sleep with their blackberries so why run your ads anywhere else let your site work harder for you today with xy7.com so you won't have to. Brady
2: Residents! Hi, this is Mark with Webmaster I'm calling about the new music we're playing on Monday night.
1: Well, the songs are where they are nowadays. You can't hear the words well enough to understand that what you would have heard is something you wouldn't have understood anyway. I
2: agree. That's why Monday nights we're turning back the hands of time to the sounds of the 60s with magical mystery Monday. Wow! Wow. Out. wait a minute who else is on this line Jan Brady hi Jan are thing too bad she's a loser a loser yeah that's exactly what I am a born loser oh well don't say that you've got to have confidence in yourself I do have confidence I'm confident that I'm a no talent loser well if you want to build your confidence then log on to webmasterradio.fm cause we've got a great lineup on Mondays with Strike Point at 3pm Wizards of Web at 4 and Magical Mystery Mondays at 8pm I hope you've learned something from all of this Yes, that Webmaster Radio is the destination for education and entertainment. You are the grooviest. Wow, you can ride my range anytime. Um, uh,
0: no thanks. uh, I really gotta go now.
2: Now, back to Ad Tech Connect, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host.
1: This is Susan Bratton. Welcome back. We have Dave Smith, the CEO of Mediasmith, on the line. Dave, are you there? Hi, I am, Susan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, my darling?
2: I'm great. Always great to talk with you.
1: And are you in California?
2: I am. And uh, it's actually, the rain has stopped at least I know. For, uh, A few days, and I'm uh, at my uh, desk in uh, San Francisco. I can see. I can see. Well, I call it Pacific Bell Park, but they keep renaming it. It's right now AT and T Park,
1: and uh, a
2: nice view of the bay and uh, the boats come in and out. So I'm a happy boy.
1: Well, I know you like to be home once in a while because you are a world traveler. Oh uh, yeah,
2: (laughs) uh, as you know, uh, my. uh, my speaking engagements took me from New York to Shanghai uh, uh, just last fall. So, uh, uh, and uh, I like to travel on a leisure basis, too, so uh, I do get around.
1: That's great. Well, now, Dave, look, in case there's anyone in the universe who doesn't know you or hasn't heard you speak, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Mediasmith?
2: Okay. Mediasmith uh, is, a, uh, is a media agency. We do strategies and plans and, and media buys. In, in all media uh, a lot of us know us as an interactive agency because uh, we are leaders in the interactive space uh, but we're also leaders in integrating interactive with uh, with uh, traditional media uh, I come from uh, an experience base of uh, four decades in the uh, in the industry I uh, started working in it when I was three of course <laughs>
1: uh,
2: and uh, uh, I uh, have worked uh, on, on a broad group of, of types of a business, uh, uh, Procter and Gamble, General Foods, Clorox, Levi's. Uh, in uh, the older days, uh, a lot of technology accounts and uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, everything from uh, retail to uh, uh, wine and beer and travel. A, a lot of different uh, categories. Uh, finance is another one. Uh, but uh, in '95, uh, '94, '95, uh, we looked at what was going on with. Uh, the then-nascent uh, uh, World Wide Web and decided that we had to get on board. Uh, so uh, we've been uh, involved with uh, new media to a great degree uh, for uh, more than the last 10 years.
1: And when did you start Mediasmith?
2: This company started in 89. Um, and interestingly, uh, our first uh, uh, client was a client called Starsight Telecast. And and they had uh, they were interactive television. Uh, I they remember had, Starsight. They, they had... Uh, uh, the uh, patents for uh, online uh, for on screen television guide, uh, the programming uh, activity, uh, and those are the patents and the guts right now behind the gemstar uh, TV guide so in a very strange uh, twist of fate, uh, interactive television underwrote uh, our work uh, on the web
1: ha huh, I like that that 's good and how big is mediasmith these days i 've been to I went to your open house you have a new lovely office. How many people are working there these days?
2: Uh, We have 25 people here uh, in San Francisco, uh, and then uh, subcontractors that uh, we use in uh, uh, L.A., uh, New York, uh, Mumbai, uh, Bangalore. uh, And so the the number of people that are working on Mediasmith uh, efforts on any given day are probably more like 40 to 45, uh, but we have uh, 25 here at our headquarters in San Francisco.
1: And what are the folks in Mumbai and Bangalore doing for you?
2: Well, very interesting. Uh, the, the folks in uh, in Mumbai uh, are a company called uh, Netramind, and uh, they're basically doing SEO for us, uh, as, as well as uh, uh, optimization of our SEM efforts uh, and some optimization of our web efforts. Uh, uh, they're a very smart uh, team. Uh, uh, their CEO is here in California, so we've got close touch with them. And uh, we optimize things during the day. We toss it over the fence. They optimize it at night. So optimization continues 24 uh, by 7, uh, and there's nothing like uh, having uh, people watching uh, what's going on. Technology is great, but you've got to have people making some decisions along the way.
1: Now, Vivek Bargrava is coming to AdTech San Francisco next week to speak, and he's involved with a company called Communicate2, which is an interactive agency, but I think he's involved in Net2Mind as well, because he's speaking on a panel on Friday about outsourcing to uh-huh. India
2: yeah well, Nemind is certainly one of the leaders there and uh, our uh, our primary contact Donnie uh, who's the CEO, uh, is a is a great guy and, and a guy I should probably connect with you uh, uh, along the way uh, our Our other efforts are with a company that's headquartered here okay. uh a blackfoot run by martin Wesley uh, but they have a a pretty good size staff uh in in Bangalore, and what they're doing for us is more uh analytics and dashboard uh, uh types of things uh uh, they're creating dashboards for our clients and uh, providing us uh, uh, analytics uh, relative to third-party uh, ad-serving data and back-end client data, whether it be Omniture or other data, and rolling it all up so that there's an easy view for us and our clients uh, of the data. Because, uh, as you know, uh, it's not getting the data, it's wrapping your mind around uh and your arms around uh, the data that you've got that's important.
1: Well, we've had Martin speaking from Blackfoot at AdTech before, and actually, um, the Impact 10-City Road show that we did, the one-day events we did in North America this spring uh, called AdTech Impact, we had a whole session on dashboards, and um, some of the big brands like Lexus, for example, shared how they rolled up their data. Uh, through some of their agencies. A, a company called Compete presented that information, and that was a really well-attended session. People are looking for that kind of higher-level view to their data now. So you're essentially outsourcing aspects of your business to specialists, and they're helping you put, pull these things together. Are there other are there other areas that you outsource besides search optimization and uh, dashboards?
2: Um, yes. Uh, we, we've historically, even before we got involved in the web, uh, outsourced our broadcast buying. Uh, we used to use a group called ICG. Kara uh, bought them. Uh, and uh, it, it got. we kept running into Kara all the time. And, and uh, so we've recently brought in a group over the last couple of years called MBMG, the Milner Butcher Media Group. And they're the folks that founded ICG that CARA bought to get into North America. So we're in effect back to the people that we used back in the 80s. And and the early 90s, uh, and they buy uh, our broadcast. Most of that is uh, cable television. Uh, we, of course, control the strategies and the client relationships, but uh, they're, they're real good at uh, the broadcast, and we're talking to them about some spot television and some spot radio and, and you know, whatever other areas we need to uh, bring to the clients for solutions. We also use a group in New York uh, called McDonald Media. They've got offices also in uh, L.A. And, and other markets Andrea McDonald is uh, one of the experts in the nation on out-of-home and guerrilla marketing and huh. uh, certainly uh, is another tool that uh, our clients uh, need us to bring to bear from uh, time to time. So you know, we're specialists. Uh, uh, I think we'd be crazy if we didn't recognize that other people are also specialists. We do the things that uh, are best for us to do and uh, control the strategy. And when it's best to use somebody else for execution, uh, we reach out to them.
1: That's great, and that lets you keep your business small and manageable but very powerful.
2: It also helps us to stay strategic, and that's mm-hmm. the most important thing that a client hires us for uh, is the strategic brain trust that we've got here and the strategic thinking uh, followed by the kind of, uh, of service that we can provide.
1: One of the things that you've been so great about, you're, you're active on the speaking circuit, and you also um, have... A, the Mediasmith Anvil, which is an email marketing newsletter. And you also do a lot of op-ed pieces. Um, How do people find out about all of that?
2: Well, one of the easiest ways is to uh, go to our site, uh, Mm -hmm. mediasmith.com, and uh, there's an opportunity there uh, to uh, sign up for uh, the Anvil and to uh, get the Anvil delivered to your uh, inbox on a a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also, uh, I also write for, uh, I say we because my partner Bob Heyman also Uh, does a lot of writing. He's our chief search officer. Mm -hmm. And uh, the two of us write for uh, iMedia, your sister company. Uh, That's iMedia Connection. And uh, I've got a a follow-up article I'm doing for them next week on my dashboard series that I've written for them. Uh, And I also write for uh, Media Post and uh, for some of the other trades. But we take the best of what Bob and myself and others have written and and, uh, uh, put them out on a monthly basis uh, in the uh, uh, anvil, uh, and so you can either subscribe to the Anvil or you can go to our site to uh, uh, read both current and, uh, and previous issues.
1: That's great. And, and I really do enjoy the Anvil. And I'm not just telling you that. There's, we get so much stuff in our inbox, and I always read the Anvil. I, I love your writing and I love your perspective. Thank and you. I'd like a perspective from you on the media planning process. That's something that I think at our interactive industry doesn't entirely understand. We know a lot about media buying. We know a lot about media optimization. <laughs> but the planning piece doesn't seem to be very highly evolved in the interactive space. Can you give us a layman's terms around that concept?
2: Yeah, first I'm going to talk about why it hasn't evolved, and then, and then I'll, okay, I'll talk about, about a frame of reference. It, it hasn't evolved because for most media, uh, planners and buyers are different people All right, uh, for television there are media planners, and then there are specialists in television buying. Uh, Because these specialists in the interactive area were really interactive specialists, they did the planning and the buying, and a a full planning process hasn't been uh, really uh, made possible to develop. Uh, Think about a media planner as an architect. Think about a media buyer as a contractor. You would not, if you were going to build a house, start by hiring a contractor to start pounding nails, right? And that's what happens when you start with just a media buy, and and a lot of people start with a media buy. They say, okay, what sites am I interested in? They call them up and they start saying, well, what's your CPM? Um, And uh, how many avails have you got uh, in this kind of area? Uh, And that is a little bit slapdash. It's it's always better uh, to take a step back and start with, the marketing objectives of the client, uh, uh, translate those into media objectives, make sure that the agency and the client are in agreement on the media objectives. From there, develop media strategies, and that's where the real value is uh, from the whole media process, is developing media strategies and talking about the alternative strategies that you can uh, deploy, Uh, and that's the heart of the planning process. Once those alternative strategies are agreed on, then getting into the buying uh, uh, marketplace and and going out and sending out RFPs uh, and and, uh, examining uh, the various numbers of sites that you should be examining uh, becomes a natural outflow of that. But it's important whenever you're talking with somebody about uh, advertising on their site that you keep in mind your objectives and your strategy, because there are many more people who will come in the door, many more companies who will come in the door to want you to advertise than you can afford. And having a plan and having clear objectives uh, enables you to stay the course. It enables you to make sure that you're not wasting money along the way and that every penny you spend is on target.
1: I, you know how when you use Microsoft Word and you start a new document, you get this choice of all these kind of prefabricated templates, yes. like a checklist or your car automotive record or whatever? Is there um, a media planning template available anywhere in the universe that people who want to learn more about the process of this might be able to find?
2: No, there's not a template. There are certainly uh, um, some books on it. Uh, the, And interestingly, the media planning process isn't a lot different for interactive than it is for traditional media. Uh, Setting objectives, translating the marketing objectives into media objectives, uh, those are all things that you've got to do no matter what medium that you're in. Uh, There's a real good uh, book by uh, Jim uh, Sermonak that uh, is available, uh, and I believe uh, Roger Barron helped him with the last edition, and I think it's available uh, on Amazon. Uh, and it is a book on media planning. I'm sure if you either looked up the term uh, uh, media planning or uh, named Jim Sermonak, uh, you would be able to find that book, and uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty valuable book.
1: Okay, that's good. That's fantastic. All right, will you play a little game with me? Anytime. Great. I love that. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions, and I just want you to give me an, an answer that is, totally boiled down into one or two sentences. And I'm going to ask you three or four or five of them all in a row. So it'll be kind of like, um, what's that game you play where I say a word and you say the first word that comes into your mind? Do you know what yeah, I mean?
2: Yeah, I, I, I know that game, but I, I don't know I forget the name
1: about. of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the game we're going to play. Okay. All right. Uh, online video measurement falls short. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it falls
2: short? It falls short because it only measures whether the commercial started.
1: Okay. That's short.
2: We want to know whether... They played the whole thing, and whether they saw the whole message. Ah, got it. How can you uh, How can you measure uh, something without uh, measuring the, the completion rather than just the start?
1: Perfect. I like this game already. Here's my next question: Is there an inventory crisis?
2: Oh, you're uh, you're you're reading my mail, are you?
1: Hey, don't don't give don't give out the answer. <laughs> just play the game uh, with me, Wavy yes, Davy Gravy.
2: Yes and no. Uh, Is there an inventory crisis? Yes and no. If you're in the automotive industry, uh, you've got a crisis uh, every day of the week. Uh, If you're in another industry, uh, uh, you probably don't have a crisis if you're planning ahead. The key to uh, obtaining the inventory that you want is to avoid a crisis by planning ahead.
1: Okay, I like that. That's that's sage advice from an old guy, isn't it?
2: Well, you know, it, it works. I mean, you have to figure out when the market, when the inventory in your marketplace gets sold out in automotive it could be six months ahead of time a year ahead of time in another category it might be three months ahead of time in another category it might be a month ahead of time if you go in and try to buy something that's not on the shelf anymore you're going to be unhappy
1: i always likened the ad inventory world to being a produce salesman it's a perishable it's a perishable product all right here's my next question Yahoo's decision to stop selling trademarked keywords to competitors—it's
2: the right thing. Um, a trademark is something that should be uh, protected, um, and uh, I think that our industry has to grow up and and uh, uh, understand that we've got to follow, uh, you know, the general uh, rules and general structure. Um, that said, if another company uh, goes out and permits us to buy uh, trademark words, and our clients' words are being bought by others, we're going to have no choice but to strike back. It's kind of like if somebody else declares war, uh, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand and, and, and fight back. But we'd rather have a little more organized and civil society where there's not war going on, and that uh, uh, generally accepted tenants like trademarks are respected.
1: Okay, I like that. Here's your, my next one. Social media advertising opportunities
2: abound would be my word on that one
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> and they're going to
2: get bigger i mean whether you're talking about about nick De- denton and gawker whether you're talking about uh... uh... getting into my, MySpace and and those kinds of things uh... and linkedin and those kinds of things uh... there are so many uh... availabilities and in fact there, there is right now more inventory in those areas than there are advertisers. And I think advertisers have yet to wake up to uh, the true opportunity through the one-on-one connection that can happen through uh, advertising in uh, the, the social and the user-generated and consumer-generated media.
1: We're playing word association, my producer tells me, over I am. (laughs) Like, right, that's what it's called, word association. (laughs) I want to do three more. Sure. You're doing a good job. Okay. Uh, That's why I can go to the next round? Yeah, we're going to the the (laughs) bonus round. Uh, The most exciting event in our industry. And I don't mean like a trade show. You don't have to say ad tech. You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. I just meant, like, what, what's the coolest thing happening in the industry today?
2: What's the cool... Oh, not an event, then. What's the coolest no, no. thing happening? No, no. I meant event, is? like,
1: something that's happening.
2: It's, it's a global thing. It's change,
1: mm. right? The
2: reason I got involved in this industry in 94 and 95 and the reason we continue to be in it is constant change. And the great thing about it right now today is that there is a new investment going on in technology And there are a lot of new metrics technologies and advertising deployment technologies and rich media technologies and video technologies. And, and, you know, there's so many new things that are being invested in, and invention is uh, happening all over again. It feels kind of like 1998 or 1999, except this time we have a roadmap, which is a little more comfortable.
1: Nice. And of all of those things that you listed, what, what personally, from a technology perspective, gets you all jazzed up? One well, technology so it, thing.
2: You know how sick I am about this kind of thing. I, I
1: like that about enjoy,
2: you. I actually enjoy the metrics area, All right, an area that might turn a lot of the more creative people off. But mm-hmm. uh, I've always been a, a research and metrics uh, kind of person. And it is so exciting to see uh, uh, companies uh, out there who are doing things like not trying to measure uh, uh, a sample the Internet. There are companies out there that will see very quickly that instead of sampling the Internet, like uh, Net Ratings or Comscore, are going to measure the whole Internet. It's going to be a census. We're going to have a lot more data still honoring people's privacy and PII, uh, but we're going to have a lot more data that we're going to be able to mine, and we're going to be able to do a lot more with it from a targeting standpoint. And that's really exciting because uh, the gains that we've made in interactivity, we've only scratched the surface.
1: Okay, here's my next one. There are dangers lurking where?
2: Everywhere, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I There want are one dangers. Case. There are dangers lurking in uh, in email uh, mm, with tell with, us about with, that. with well with spam, right? Spam. spam. Yeah. Email is our killer app, and spam could yet kill email. Uh, the government could kill email through the wrong kind of spam um, uh, legislation, right? Uh, the uh, there are dangers in search. Uh, Ten years ago, if I searched for camping in my first page someplace, uh, I could get a site, a link to a site that would give me a list of things that I needed to think about when I went camping next. If yeah. I put in a term camping today on one of the major search engines. I get 10 people who want to sell me something. Mm-hmm. Right? Search is in danger of becoming and simply an e-commerce front end and not the information uh, portal uh, that it's set out to be. And uh, there is a danger that uh, uh, with, the, with the greed of trying to monetize everything, uh, that uh, industry is going to lose uh, its uh, its focus. Uh, and uh, it goes on. There's dangers in uh... consumer generated media you know one of the great new things and yet uh, uh... one of the car manufacturers uh... made the bad mistake recently don't know whether you read it to decide to go play with your user- consumer generated media when in fact their car had a lot of problems with it
1: and mm. guess what
2: happened all of those problems uh... emerged in the consumer generated media it was a disaster so uh... there are, there's danger everywhere and you have to uh really think about what you're doing. Uh, and and we as an industry have to think about what we're doing uh, to make sure that we don't uh, we don't mess it up. We've got a good thing going.
1: And uh, what do you think the biggest issue to solve in our industry is? The one biggest issue to solve?
2: Whoa.
1: I ask you all the hard questions, don't I?
2: Yeah, well, this one is uh, the one biggest issue. Um, working together, right? Uh, recognizing that uh, well, we've got to grow our companies and improve our bottom line that if we don't work together from a standpoint of uh, what I call co-opetition, right, uh, if we become insular, uh, we're going to die. And if we think about our own priorities and what's in it for us, we're not going to make it through. But if we work together and tear down the walls, uh, things are going to be a lot better. Right now, there are major sites that are being obstructive. They think they've got theirs. They're a top-five site. Uh, they, they think they don't have to work with the world. I'm not going to get into names here. You guys know who you are, right? <laughs> but uh, And there are uh, other uh, situations with, with uh, uh, both trade associations and with media who think that if they've got theirs, they can protect it. That's how big companies die, is by becoming insular. And uh, you only grow by reaching out and adopting uh, new things and uh, trying to work uh, with others. So we've got to, uh, it's, it's kind of like, can't we all get along, you know?
1: All right, good. All right, now, um, I like this word association format because I can ask you a lot of things and you know you have to keep it tight. So are you still good for doing this a couple more times That I'm going to do a couple more little fun questions with you. Sure. Okay. Um, what are some of your favorite websites, personal? Like what websites are you using that you really like that you think our listeners might enjoy knowing about?
2: Oh, I'm a travel geek, okay? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. to, you know, this sounds strange, Susan. You know how much time I'm on the plane yep. uh, and, and, and traveling. Well, I love to travel uh, with my family, too. Uh, and so I have uh, a a group of sites uh, that I love to go to uh, to uh, basically uh, help to optimize uh, my own travel. All right, okay. and uh, that could be uh, uh, something like uh, Christopher Elliot's email at elliot All right, mm. uh, I subscribe to his uh, his uh, email. I love uh, to uh, even browse around uh, things like expedient orbits. I'm really sick here. Uh, okay, first class flyer. Uh, boy, is is that a uh, uh, is that a great site for information? Firstclassflyer uh, dot com uh, and uh, uh, frequentflyer.com frequentflyer uh, dot com is another uh, really great site. Johnny Jet, a uh, little bit of humor along with your travel information, uh, and uh, uh, there are uh, there are many others. But if you start to look at some of these sites, uh, what you'll find is They'll link to other travel sites, and you'll have a world of uh, information available to you as to how you can travel and travel from a quality standpoint and uh, uh, have some great uh, great adventures out there in the world.
1: Wow, those are some great sites. I can't wait to try some of them. I like uh, Elliot dot org and Johnny Jet. Those sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, and I know <clears throat> that you are a fabulous cook and that you like Asian cooking. What? What's the last thing you made that you thought was absolutely delicious and that we should consider making as well?
2: Wow. Okay. The last thing I made that was absolutely delicious was uh, Guy Himapon, a uh, Chinese cashew chicken dish. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a pretty complex dish. You can find recipes at a a lot of – actually, it's a Thai uh, cashew chicken dish. It's a little spicy. Uh, And you can find it in some Thai recipe books. But I'll give you the last thing I made that was simple – and will blow people away when they try it. Okay? All right. It's simply sesame chicken, and
1: okay, all you I have so? to do
2: is you take a chicken breast and you spice it up, not into nuggets, but into little little strips uh, that are Hong maybe Kong a couple style. of inches long, and yep. you uh, marinate it in egg white, okay. right? And then you uh, pass it through uncooked sesame seeds. You you basically cover it with uncooked sesame seeds okay. and you deep fry it. Oh, that's it. <laughs> That's it. And it is simple. Uh, in fact, the place I got this recipe said this method should not be despised for its extreme simplicity. <laughs> right? And you serve it with really, really hot Chinese mustard. It is the greatest appetizer.
1: Now, where do you get your hot Chinese mustard? Do you use the powdered kind that you reconstitute
2: do it with water? I use the, the powdered Coleman's English mustard.
1: Yeah, I like that. And the longer,
2: you, the longer you stir it, the hotter it gets.
1: Mmm. You know what? I could see that that sesame chicken being cooked with would be some kind of one of those Shanghai-style sweet and sour sticky sauces.
2: Well, yes. Once you've cooked, once you've prepared the sesame chicken, you'd if you can avoid eating it all, uh, <laughs> you could take it and add it into a uh, a stir fry. All right. You'd add it yeah. in towards the end of the stir fry so it doesn't get all soggy. Uh, but you uh, uh, you could stir fry some vegetables, uh, put a sauce in there. Uh, and then add the sesame chicken in just at the last moment, just to give it a little coating, and then put it on the table.
1: Now, when you deep fry, do you just get a pan and heat up the oil, or do you have a deep fryer?
2: I use a wok.
1: You just
2: use, uh, wok. I, I, I use a wok. I use a wok. It gives you a lot of room to deep fry,
1: yeah.
2: uh, and uh, you, you end up using uh, you know a couple of quarts of oil. Uh, what kind of oil uh, do
1: you use? You
2: always use peanut oil. You like peanut. There are only two kinds of oil that don't become carcinogenic at high heat. It's okay. peanut oil and olive oil. And oh. all of these other oils that they say are cooking oil are actually dangerous for you long term uh, with high heat. You should only cook with peanut oil or olive oil uh, if you're doing any kind of frying or anything like that.
1: Yum. Well, I, I know that the people on the East Coast are happy because it's lunchtime there. So they can go out and try to find something delicious and Chinese. We'll have to wait a couple of hours. Um, now, you're speaking next week at AdTech San Francisco, and you're doing something a little unique. This, usually, you are uh, there uh, moderating or sharing your views on media. Uh, next week, you're herding cats. Do you want to tell uh, the listeners about your session and why they should come?
2: Yeah, uh, herding cats is the right is the right term. We've got uh, some thirty five, some thirty some uh, speakers who uh, have one minute tips. Something that uh, that uh, they have to say that that the other people are going to say. Wow, I wish I'd uh, I wish that occurred to me. I wish I'd thought of that. That's a great idea. I want to write it down. I'm going to maybe apply that idea in the future. Uh, and each of these speakers, no slides, nothing else. They come on the stage. They have one minute, and, and we we take the hook. We pull them off, and the next one comes on and gives their idea. And folks, if you're going to come to that, uh, it's at four thirty on Thursday, and at AdTech, and bring your notebook and uh, be ready to do some writing because uh, in thirty five minutes you're going to get thirty five great ideas.
1: And, and really, the way we do this is we go after some of the best speakers at the whole show. So we, at the AdTech San Francisco show, there are about 250 speakers, and these 40 or 50 people who end up on this session are the people who have a really sharp tip to provide to the audience. And so it's kind of the culmination of the best of the ideas of the show in a single session in rapid fire for the attention deficit disorder crowd, right?
2: Right, and and uh, of the thirty to forty speakers that we're going to have, uh, they represent over twenty countries, and oh my so gosh. Uh, that's going to be interesting in and of itself.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, how did you come up with that number?
2: One of the guys from India counted.
1: Oh man, that's cool. Thank you for letting me know that. Now, are you? Uh, we're we're going to wrap up. We've got just about a minute or two left. Are you doing any global media buying? Oh sure.
2: Uh, you know, ninety percent of what we do is here in the U.S., but we buy uh, technology, advertising in both print and web uh, in Asia uh, and in uh, in uh, Europe. Uh, we buy worldwide uh, media in both print and web. Uh, we have bought some broadcasts from time to time uh, and some out of home from time to time, but most of our international right now uh, is for our technology clients, and, and most of it is either. Uh, print or web. Some of it's uh, uh, t- uh, international, and some of it's uh, uh, local markets, country by country.
1: And w- what do you see for your for your co- well? Can you tell us the names of some of your customers, just so we can have them in our head as we're discussing this?
2: Yeah, we work for Trend Micro. They're one of our biggest customers. They're one of the the leaders in uh, antivirus uh, solutions.
1: I uh, use their product. It's called PC Cillin, right?
2: Yes, it's called PC Cillin, and uh, we. We, uh, we do some very interesting work for them, including deploying to the world on Google a uh, word of a new virus when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Generally, if a new virus is declared uh, yellow or red alert, we will have up on Google worldwide in all countries within a couple of hours uh, using the AdWords uh, a, a solution for folks, uh, and we're the ones who deploy that. Uh, we we uh, uh, do some work for Business Week uh, online. Uh, we do some work for a new company called Head Street, HeadStreet dot com. You got to check it out. It's a way that uh, the everyday investor can get involved with things like options and futures and and uh, commodities and things like that, and not have to be a qualified investor. Oh,
1: that's uh, very interesting. We,
2: we work for the National Geographic uh, Channel. We help uh, promote uh, uh, their uh, their special. Uh, so th- those are some examples. Uh, uh, a variety of of uh, uh, B2B and uh, Consumer, uh, Shutterfly uh, for their photo service, mm-hmm. uh, OSA Business Services for uh, uh, for copying is another example. Uh, so, uh, again, a variety of both B2B and Consumer uh, ranging across all media with an emphasis on interactive and search.
1: Am I spelling Head Street wrong? I, I wrote the word head, head like what's oh, on your it's shoulders. Hedge.
2: It's, it's hedge like one that you would trim, right? Street. Oh, hedge. Hedgestreet.com. Okay. Yeah,
1: that makes yeah. sense. Hedge Street. Okay. Yes. i
2: have yeah. written Head
1: Street. They're they're <laughs> going to do
2: for investing what eBay did for, uh, for the uh, um, uh, market of uh, of auctions. They're going to bring it it uh, out of the uh, big options trading houses and bring it to uh, uh, the everyday person.
1: Very nice. And. It seems like a lot of your customers are very temporal. Uh, Hedge Street is a kind of a do-it-now, Trend Micro. You've got all the stuff you have to push out immediately. National Geographic, you're always promoting the latest and greatest. It seems like you probably need a content management system in-house or something. How are you managing all of this kind of latest news and information rather than running, you know, old style was we had a, a print ad or a television spot and we ran it for, you know, three months or six months or a year. And it sounds like you may be changing your ad copy every single day in the in the light of these kinds of clients.
2: Well, that's where third-party ad servers uh, uh, come in. Uh, they, third-party ad servers... Uh, we're using Atlas. We're experimenting with the Blackfoot offerings. Uh, they can help us a lot as far as uh, uh, deploying uh, the right ad and the right message uh, to the right site and the right consumer, uh, and the ability to uh, uh, change things uh, rapidly uh, if we need to. Uh, for uh, for Trend Micro, uh, the people that deploy the antivirus uh, messaging have to be on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year. Uh, and... Uh, Unfortunately, those people, the client has their home, cell, their home phone number and their cell phone number because when a virus breaks out, uh, you've got to be ready.
1: All right. So you're, uh, once again, leveraging external technology solutions to make things happen for your customers. You got it. That's great. Well, uh, it's been a delight to spend some time with you, and I really appreciate you doing that word association thing because keeping everything terse allowed me to plow through a massive, massive amount of um, tickling of your cranial folds, which I love to do. And I learned a lot, as I always do every time I spend a few moments with you. Thank so, you. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go, and I will look forward to seeing our listeners, as will you, Dave, next week at AdTech San Francisco. Have a great day, everyone, and thanks so much. MasterRadio.fm